Yeah, here. We're fine. Mike always likes to start, always <laughs> dreams of uh, starting intros, uh, candidly. Oh, now you're going to win this. So, uh, this is my first intro. Welcome to Can't Get in the Garage this Jesus. week, everybody. Uh, I'm me, Yeah, Luke. hello. We're Todd Rundrening it. It's the sounds of the studio. Hello, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> me just fucking screwing a, yeah, uh, an arm to the to the table here, because we got a new setup. Mike decided to move the microphones before we started recording, even though I had already yeah. set them up. In a way that was very doable. Yeah. So to give you an idea, it's, we have a rectangular table. Coffee there was. I got a futon. You, uh, yeah, we have a futon now. We moved to the futon. Yeah. Get get in the futon. Get on the f- futon. Get on the futon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we we have the thing, you know, the, the 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 mic arm things that latch to the table. I just moved two when I could realistically have gotten the same outcome with by just move, moving one. And here we are. So, <laughs> rest in peace, Van Halen. <laughs> Van Halen? Yeah, Eddie Van Halen. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, yeah, Eddie Van Halen died. <laughs> Bummer summer, guys. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh. I mean... Uh, EVH. Van, yeah, you know, it was really my first thought was uh, my boy Jeff. I was like, hey, that really sucks for Jeff. Because uh, yeah. a big Van Halen fan. To be fair, though, I said that to Jeff, and Jeff was just like, no disrespect, but Van Halen, his career died in 1988. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, that was a little cold. A little cold for pretty, the... Uh, pretty true. For the, but, Beethoven, um, for the Beethoven of rock and roll. So, like, what was your... I mean, what was your first, like, Van Halen thing? My first Van Halen thing was in the beginning of the movie Little Nicky. He plays Running with the Devil. Yeah. On, like, a scythe mm-hmm. thing. No, I mean, okay, I had obviously heard Van Halen before but that. But that's when it, like, hit But that you. when I was just like, what the hell, what song is this? This is a cool song. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, shit, it's Van Halen. And I, then I listened to the first couple albums, and I was like, this is cool. And now I'm like, I don't listen to Van Halen really much anymore. So my... <laughs> not to wow, sound, okay. Not to sound cool, um, but, you know. So I, mine's probably the same thing. Mine is probably from Lil Nicky and that, but um, I remember it, like, that was probably my first time hearing it, but my first time, like, really getting, like, uh... I, th- I got pretty obsessed with, with that song in particular. Yeah. I remember I was in sixth grade, and I had heard it on the radio, and all I could, like, think of was, like, the dum, 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 dum. Yeah, the beginning, and it was just, I thought it was so cool. Yeah, it was about yeah. the devil, which is pretty rad. Yeah, um, devil's cool. Yeah, super cool. And um, <laughs> Devil is super cool. Is, so cool, in fact, that he's banned. Oh, my God, he's so great. And, yeah. um... So that was like my I remember like hearing it on the radio I think and just becoming like obsessed with it. It was all I could think about. Mm-hmm. It was just like a one I was like and then I asked my dad I was like who sings that song? He's like Van Halen. Um and then I went to the CD store and uh no not even the CD store. We were at Walmart. It was me and my dad. And if I was going to get something like a CD, dad was always the one in the corner because he most of it he would want to listen to anyway. So like you know yeah I was yeah. like so I came up to him. I had half the. I had money for one CD. So I came up to him with like this like plan. I was like, "Okay, here's the deal." I was like, <laughs> "I want to listen to Led Zeppelin." And I was like, "So I have Mothership." I was like, "You know the Mothership." Yeah. Uh, was that the one? No. Yeah, it's like the it Mothership has landed. It that, wasn't Mothership. That was the, like the live one. It was, that they released it was, uh, later. It was the one before that. It was the um, 
it was the greatest hits before Mothership. It was uh, early days and latter days. Remember that one? With oh, the, yeah, yeah, Where they yeah. were dressed in spacesuits on yep. the latter days. Or I do. One, yeah, yeah. So it was that comp. Um, and my dad was like, we already have that comp. I was like, no, we're missing the early days. <laughs> baby, baby. <laughs> and he was like, baby. okay. And I was like, well, will you chip in for the, the Van Halen double? And he was like. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got uh, best of both worlds. Yeah, you got to know your 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 audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got. Uh, he was like, "Oh hell yeah, we don't. I don't have a Van Halen CD." So we got uh, best of both worlds, which was like the Sammy Hagar and uh, David Lee Roth David Lee, yeah. together. Um, never was a fan of, like most of the Sammy stuff. Uh, it's just not my deal. I really am into like the tongue and cheekness of David Lee Roth. Yeah. Um. So if I'm like really into Van Halen, it's it's David Lee Roth Van Halen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just a personal preference, but uh. I mean, like, I did. I've always been, like, a super fan of the first record. Um, and I think Jeff, like, uh, Jeff May uh, really turned me back onto it as an adult. He was like, man, it's yeah. so killer. And I was like, what? And it is. Um, and I listened to it, like, again yesterday just to, like, because, I mean, have you, I've been hearing some stuff on the radio, you know, but um, I wanted to, like, hear the full thing. And Yeah, this, the first, I mean, it's, it's, it's... Dude, it's insane. Yeah. Um, even, like, the ballad on here, Little Dreamer, yeah. Like that is one of the best ballads on like a hard rock album. Yeah, it's so amazing. And like, can we obviously just also mention the fact that Eruption is just like is like that's like it's one of the you know what I'm trying to say. It's like it's one of the greatest well, it tracks. Changed, like it, it guitar changed, tracks. It changed guitar. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. like definitely changed guitar. It like yeah. blew everybody's mind. It's definitely like a post, a pre and post Eddie Van Halen guitar. I mean, like. It's insane how influential he yeah. was in like a span of like, you know, from what debut is seventy seven, right? And then from is like, it? I'm almost positive. Let's and then um, from there on, it's like every other guitar player is just like, you know, the in seventy eight, seventy eight. I mean, mm-hmm. I was close. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Sure. But uh, it's like just just the pure influence of every eighties band afterwards. Like even the production on the albums, it's yeah. everything. Like. He had a style that was so his own. Even when, like, you hear, like, you really got me on this record, it is barely recognizable as a kink song. Like, you know what I mean? I think that he's the reason why, like, I've, I've had this conversation before that's like, you know what's crazy is, like, okay, the 1960s, you know, the 1960s, early 70s. Oh, I guess, I don't know. I'm just trying to say that, like, I think Van Halen was definitely a driving force behind the fact that, like, every single 80s band that happened whether you heard of them or you didn't hear of them or you kind of heard of them, their guitar players were always, like, just stupid good. Yeah. And I think the reason why they were all stupid good was because they listened to fucking Eddie Van Halen play well, guitar, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's the, like, that's the, that's the, the, him and Randy Rhodes, it's like, okay, that's the goal. Yeah, and they, they, I mean, they changed the style completely. Like, even from, like, listening to, like, uh, me and Mike are super into Mountain, like we said a jillion times, and, yeah. like, even Leslie West, like, you see him, on like the night in the eighties, like playing guitar, and he's just like completely has like the phaser tone, like all that stuff. Is yeah, he like, completely changed everything about everybody. His guitar did setup. they all changed their guitar setups to yeah. sound exactly like Eddie Van Halen? I mean, yeah. he was just miles in miles of style, man. He just had it. He yeah, just and had I think style he, for days. He helped give birth to like the super strat, you know, like yeah, the, stra- he, the modified Stratocaster. I mean, that even you taking would... a dump on uh, "You Really Got Me" like that, man, yeah. just like completely like shitting all over it, man. Like yeah. it's completely different. It's a completely t- different take on the song. It, it doesn't sound like the Kinks, man. It's not like mm-hmm. it's it's just so much different. It it almost like dude, like 
it's like when it hits on some parts of that song, it's like an airplane taking flight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, boom, it's got that kind of like levity going yeah, on. Yeah, and I think that's what makes his 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 guitar solo so interesting too. Is it's not just kind of like this like running running up and down on scales. It's just he does these like really crazy like weird like accents and he'll hit the whammy bar here and he'll tap this and he'll do that like i love his, the... his solos are so like chaotic almost you're just like what the fuck is that is like they're also like really tongue-in-cheek yeah because like i mean i mean i always found this playing like kind of tongue-in-cheeky like like ice yeah. cream man like yeah you're playing like the blues but it's not really like yeah it, there's like no bad feeling in it like yeah. how Eddie Van Halen's probably the only dude that ever played the blue, like the blues with no bad feelings. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know that I mean? was like, just like happy. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it just has all, all like all these songs have like these, these amazing moments that just like I don't know, they just capture you so so much differently yeah. than a lot of a lot of different stuff. And uh, you know, not for nothing too, but like just can I also just say real quick something that I absolutely love about them is the fact that like you look at David Lee Roth, man. Like, even on the back cover, right? Like, with oh. what he's wearing on the back cover. Yeah. Right? And uh, honestly, I just see, like, I, I see, like, uh, Robert Plant. Yeah. It's- Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they still have this, even though I think w- what they as a band put in motion that would come after, uh, you know, because 1978, then we're talking going into 80s, and then we have hair metal and so on. Uh, he still has this kind of, like, iconic, like, rock and roll guy sort of vibe about him you know what i mean it's like he's not he's not wearing stilettos and spandex you know that would come in the 80s where everything was really dolled up he's still pretty much this sort of masculine sort of rock star front man in david lee Roth. i know obviously van halen's the one who passed away he's you know we're paying homage to him but like you got to talk about the full unit same thing you got to talk about uh fucking michael anthony who did all those awesome harmonies all those awesome harmonies like people forget about that shit man yeah. they're like they forget that he he was the one who did all that stuff david lee roth i i mean look david lee roth okay yes he's uh, a great uh, front a, man it's just yeah. like mick jagger can't sing for shit but we yeah all it's know just that. like yeah you're like okay he's a great front man oh not to talk but i have yeah. to uh run with the devil yeah. vocal only go on youtube have yourself a laugh yeah oh my god is it bad it's hilarious yeah he's just like well you know the part in the song of the back of the mic here where he's like or he's like running with the devil. They do that. And he yeah, goes he goes. Like the, ah! Well, no, he's going like the. Ah, bah, 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 bah. He's <laughs> yeah. like scatting. Yeah. It is hilarious. <laughs> Go listen to it. Do yourself a favor. Uh, um, D- also, uh, you know, we're probably gonna like you know we're gonna talk about other things today, but uh, uh, also the kings of uh, the slow talk middle part of the song. Oh yeah, I can barely see the road from all the steam yeah. coming off. I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> reach out between my legs ease the seat back oh yeah man and but yeah i mean i i don't feel tardy you know the yeah. ad libs on the van halen song are, yeah are the not fu- even like in hot for teacher okay we're jumping ahead but he's like i brought my pencil like he gives you these like really goofy like man i wonder what it's gonna feel like this year you know like it's like <laughs> one hit <come laughs> yeah right right it's yeah, just it's- goofy but that's what makes them so good though is because like they have the goofiness, but they also, as a band, have the chops to back it up. So yeah. still, they're still taken seriously. I think like the choppiest song, and I mean, obviously, Eruption is amazing solo, but like the choppiest song on here, I mean, like worth its weight in salt, is like uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, was it? I'm the one. Is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. I'm the one, dude. That song is insane. Yeah. The riff. The drumming is insane. It's got great. I think it's like a double bass, like the. Um, yeah, the, I mean the vocals, the harmonies. 
I'm the one, the one you want. It's so, it's so hot. That song is insane. Yeah. It just hits so hard. So anyway. Yeah, because this one, I mean, yeah, think about it, man. Like dude, Jamie's every, Crying's on here. You really got me running with the devil. There's not a bad song on it. Ain't talking about love, Eruption. I like that. Atomic Punk is pretty good. You know, like. Oh my God, I, you know. Atomic Punk is great. Yeah, the, every song the whole album great. front to back there's few ice, albums that you get that, that's like a debut that's a debut album that you're just like yeah the whole fucking thing it, this van halen's debut and like boston's debut are yeah. like are kind of like you know what i mean yeah we've said also, i think we've style, said that before about just in boston too, wise. both of yeah. them yeah yeah great style changers yeah but, yeah man this, i like piece, the second album too oh my did you van listen halen? to the second album van halen 2 that's the one where yeah. i think he's playing the uh he plays I the like black it. and yellow guitar i like it but i mean like it's just not for me it's like yeah. No, see, I was surprised by it because I'm mean, okay. Dance the night away is on there, on, on there. Um, and I mean, beautiful girls, like, but I don't know. I found that like, like you're no good. That's a that's a good tune. I uh, like it. I just don't think it. Somebody give me a doctor. Obviously, I just don't think it's like. Uh, yeah, I think it suffers from the uh, whole life to write the first album two years to or whatever uh, yeah when right, right, right right the second i think it kind of suffers but i that. found it more a little bit more driving in yeah. that way where it's like kind of like steady like driving sort of paced songs and stuff like that that was on there um but yeah dude i don't know it's just like eddie van halen just as a guitar player like again it's not what like as saying as speaking as a guitar player like that's not my goal, right? Because that's like not for me. I don't just think, I don't think that's just realistic. It. But the thing is, is yeah, like you watch Van Halen play a solo, and you're just like, he's just, yeah, man, he's just so good at what he does that you're just like, you can't help but just be like kind of hypnotized by right. what the hell he's doing, you know? Uh, but you know, a, a great loss for the musical community. Yeah, and uh, a great excuse to drive around with your windows down. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Rest, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Blast, we love you, man. Bless some Van Halen. You know. Yeah, play some Van Halen. Nineteen eighty four, too. Great album. It's. I mean, it's all pretty great. Yeah. I mean, I've all heard, the all the David yeah. Lee Roth. So, the, I mean, yeah, for me, Ralph. you know, Sammy Hagar is not my cup of tea. But from what I've heard, if you like it, you know, whatever. Be, I've never given it a fair shot to be to be completely honest with you. Like I've heard some Sam Hagar like Sammy Hagar tunes, but uh, according to Jeff, which Jeff. Of course, kind of has a biased opinion because he does like, you know, obviously he likes Van Halen. But uh, he was like, you know, the first two albums with Sammy Hagar aren't bad. I, I wouldn't really know because I never really gave it a shot, you know. I mean, I guess maybe I'll end up listening to it at some point. But, um, you know, it took me a long time to go from uh, Ozzy to Dio in Black Sabbath. So I'm thinking that I'm probably just not going to check out the Hagar <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it took me. And Dio was, like, really good. Yeah, and, like, Dio is but, really good. But H Hagar, Hagar was notoriously just like, yeah, that, fuck that. Fuck that era. What are you gonna do? So you know, I mean, yeah, it, it yeah, that's what it is. So, uh, Michael, you know, we really, uh, we really have been, uh, I mean, I've been listening to a massive amount of records. Yeah, I have not. I listened to, <laughs> I think I listened to like ten <laughs> records yesterday. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I did listen to. I, I bought this record a long time ago, and I just it didn't catch me the first time. It's a uh, Terry Collar. What color is love? Um, this is one of those album covers I would see constantly and just be like, that has to be a great record. Yeah. Uh, it's a lady in the nude on a chair smoking a cigarette, um, and the cover is just so striking. Um, and when I first put it on, I was like, eh, it's a little slow for my taste, and I didn't really like get into it that much. Um, it was released on the Cadet label, um, I think in like 72. It's an offshoot of Chess, um, the Chicago label. Um, but anyway, Terry Collar, man, what color is love, Mike? Uh, it was like... um. It was kind of like Isaac Hazy with the, um, you know, like 
extended like orchestrated soul song kind of like what's going on a little bit too mm-hmm. um sounding um i have sneezed oh god bless you god bless you oh my gosh nose running but um oh sorry guys that's gonna be really annoying in the microphone no i <laughs> i know that i'm gonna really think about nuts. excuse me while we take our quick sneeze break yeah um so anyway t- terry collar what color is love i put this record on man i loved it um i think this is a great fall record it's got some like really like tender sweet moments um some great like uh dare i say slow jams you mm, know yeah um beautiful music uh great acoustic-y nothing felt like abrasive at any point on here what could you compare it to if you compare it to anything i would compare it like if you mixed uh isaac hayes with marvin gay uh with like um and then maybe throw like some jazz some some something jazzy maybe like a, a not exactly like a, a Bobby Humphreys because that's more like a flute oriented kind of thing, but like mm. this had that kind of like flute vibe in it, like okay. soul jazz. Okay. okay. So it was like soul jazz, like Marvin Gaye orchestration, okay. uh, Isaac Hayes orchestration, but it doesn't sound anything like Isaac Hayes. It sounds more of like on the. I'm just talking like the extended, uh, like the the extended um, length of the songs. Like uh, we have nine minutes, seven minutes, uh, six and a half. That kind yeah. of deal, okay. um, and but it was very like jazzy. Um, had jazz elements, had great uh, soul elements, great folk elements. Um, it really, it's like a, a musician's kind of record, man. Like yeah. uh, so, Terry Collar, check it out. A great fall record. Uh, I really, really loved it. Um, and the cover is like just—it's one of the most beautiful record covers I've ever seen. Like you've seen this cover, really? Oh know, yeah, right all over Instagram. This yeah. is like record collectors have this record. That's why I bought it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it looks like a record you want to buy though, doesn't it? Oh, it, it does. just has that vibe. It definitely does. I got this at a great record store in Salem, Massachusetts. I can't remember the name of, but um, that's where I got this. That was great. Nice. I also uh, was thinking, because I pulled this off the shelf to listen to, um, I thought of another record I'd bought there that I'd never really given the time of day to, and uh, that's Ollie in the Nightingales hmm. um, on Stax. Uh, I believe this is their sole release on this. Uh, I think their sole LP release. Um, I might be, maybe they re- released a couple more. I might be wrong. They might have released a couple on the Stacks label, but um, they definitely released more singles and stuff. Um, Ollie and the Nightingales used to be a um, a gospel group. They were man. They they were been kicking around. I think since like the early '60s, and then I believe this is from '70 or '69. Um, Ollie and the Nightingales got a uh, kind of more secular thing going. Uh, it is produced by Isaac Hayes and Booker T from Booker T and the MGs and obviously Isaac Hayes um but did a lot of production over at the Stax label um so Ollie and the Nightingales was such like a, a a cool record again this one had some great slow jams on it that I was like more eager to hear um great production I remember the ABC was uh ABCD on side 2 at kicks off was like a kick uh, it was a kicking song you know it was kind of like slow mm. a b c d that kind of thing okay um it was really cool, man. It definitely reminded uh, me of like a precursor to like uh like boys to men, like no, not boys to men, but like hmm. yeah, that kind of like slow jam okay. in the nineties. Yeah. Like this record was like feeling that <laughs> vibe, but obviously it sounds of its era. Yeah. Um, and then from there, man, I just kicked off on like a stacks thing. I couldn't stop listening to, to stacks records. Um, so I kind of kicked off on that train, man. Nice. You know. Um, yeah, I went. I went down kind of a thin Lizzie rabbit hole. Oh, you went down a thin Lizzie rabbit hole? Yeah. Oh, right on, man. <clears throat> you know. Um, Mike, do you know anything about, about these records? Uh, Eddie Floyd? Yeah. Uh, not much. You ever hear that song, uh, Knock on Wood? I know, Sam and Dave. You got to knock 
on wood. I think so. Anyway, I got super into. I wanted to hear some more of like that great production uh, from oh, the Stacks label. Uh, hold on, I'm, hold on, I'm coming. Did you know that was written by? Look at that credit right there. Hayes and Porter. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Yeah. You know that? Uh, so I listened to Sam and Dave's Hold on, hold on I'm, I'm coming, coming album. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Isaac Hayes wrote that song. It's pretty interesting. Like really prolific. So that's like you know, uh, read your line your notes, kids. Um, again, man, if you look at this album. Porter Hayes, Hayes, Hayes. Uh, Isaac Hayes almost wrote every song on the Sam and Dave album. Hold on, I'm coming. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, I, I did not. Also, know that. Cropper from um, Booker T and the MGs. You, you know what I mean? All those guys are all over this Sam and Dave record. Um, and obviously, what a great heavy. Yeah. Memphis. Yeah, just what I mean. That horn. Hold on, I'm coming. Is the Memphis horn line? Yeah, to be, fu- uh, to be remembered, man. Yeah, oh yeah. That is that is that sound. Stacks. I think every, that's one of those. I think that's like smoke on the water. You know what I mean? Everybody just kind of knows that that melody. Oh yeah, man. Like it's so good. Yeah, and so I Amazing. really, I mean, once I would love the Stacks production. I mean, uh, Stacks is like. You're getting a little more into it. Like, everybody knows no- Motown. Not everybody knows the history of Stax records. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Floyd, too, man. Knock on wood. Cropper, Floyd. Uh, you know what I mean? All these guys, were they were writing songs on these records. They're all... This one, too. Uh, six, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. That's a great tune uh, on here on the Eddie Floyd Knock on Wood record. Uh, um, pretty much, like, kind of the same productions on, on a lot of these records that was coming out of the Stax at the time. And, it, it, I mean, I just love... Um, Eddie Floyd. Eddie Floyd, I believe, also uh, say yeah, the Falcons. He sang with the Falcons, and uh, Wilson Pickett was also in that band, the Falcons. Um, so that's where Eddie Floyd comes from. Yeah, uh, him, great album covers. Yeah, too. man. Oh, amazing! The Eddie Floyd one, Knock on Wood. I mean, it's 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 yeah. classic. I also listened to one of my favorites, uh, Car- Carla Thomas, and um, oh my god. I can't even think right now because uh, I don't think I grabbed the record. Carla Thomas and Otis Redding, uh, King and Queen. You ever see that record? No. Uh, it's a uh, – hold on. Do I have it here? I don't know. Do you have it there? I think I put it away. No. Nope, it's right here. I'll do it, yeah. Otis, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Otis course. and Carla. Uh, this is a great record. Yeah, you right. You see, you saw the cover. You're yeah, like, oh, I know this record. Cover. The lead single on here, they do um, the Eddie Floyd knock on wood, except they do it as a duet. Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Tramp on here, I think, was like the big hit for them, um, and I love it. They do, um, you know, duets. So it's kind of like yeah. the Marvin Gaye, um, Tammy Terrell mm-hmm. from Motown, but this was Stack's version of it, uh, King and Queen, and their version of Knock on Wood on here is some of the fattest, like, um, soul of that era. Like, yeah. Yeah, like the Memphis sound is just so kicking on the uh, kicking on this one, especially. I don't know what it is about this King Queen record, but like the backing rhythm section on these songs are so fat. The yeah. production on what this. What band? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's uh, most of the guys from Booker T and the MGs. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. some augment, but that's pretty much what you're getting. It's on. crazy to think how many like amazing backing bands there were just just around. You know what I mean? Because you had like the Wrecking Crew, you had the what the Swampers, right? Yep. Muscle Shoals. You had the Stax Band, which was Booker T. You have the Motown thing going, you yeah. know. I mean, the Funk Brothers at Motown. Yeah. You have, but the, it goes to show you though that like, Shoals, you have. Would you say that was like that's that's kind of the golden age for 
you know, like production, recording, like record? Uh, like I don't know, man. I'd say like rumors. Seventy seven Fleetwood Mac. That's probably like the pinnacle of my production. What I think production got. Yeah. Like I think that record. Paul Simon's still crazy after all these years. Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life. Oh yeah. Th- those records from the mid seventies to me. Uh, Maybe even like we'll throw like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon in there. Yep, yep. It's just like those are such epically. But I mean, even like Dark Side of the Moon is like it's slick, but it's not slick in the way that that Paul Simon record still crazy is slick. That those records are so slick, like stuff will slide right off. Sorry, I got a little off mic there, but um, there the slickness of like Rumors and that Paul Simon record, those mm. California records. Um, uh, I mean, I I don't think anything was really touching touching that kind of stuff. Dewey Brothers. Yeah. Uh, production. I mean, taking it to the streets. Yeah. What was the? Um, Th- all those records sound so pristine. They yeah, but weren't the they same. all recorded in the same studio? Yeah, Sound City. I don't think studio, all of those were recorded in the same. A good chunk of them, though. But I mean, at least in the same city. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's yeah. kind of that vibe going on. I don't know about Paul Simon. Paul Simon might have been in in New York. He never really struck me as an LA guy, but I'm not yeah. too sure. Um. But um yeah man so like yeah just those the back that's really what like that that's what you're getting into is like my further thought of like really when you're listening to Otis Redding uh Eddie Floyd um Carla Thomas mm-hmm. um Sam and Dave you're really lis- uh you're really listening to um kind of almost the same band well that's just like Aretha singers. Franklin and Wilson Pickett and uh Yeah you're you're getting the you're getting the muscle souls uh, Atlantic yeah. Atlantic sounds uh swamp right, right. so uh what's his name um Oh Dwayne no, not Dw- well. Yeah, no, Dwayne was there, but I'm just trying to think of one of the other R and B artists. He, uh, really got a hold on me. Um, what's his name? Oh, uh, Warm and Tender Soul. Oh, Percy Sledge. Percy Sledge. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. That kind of sound, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely uh, um um, yeah, and it's interesting because you can like definitely hear like oh I because it's I mean nowadays like, like back in the day you could hear Booker T Jones. I mean Booker T Jones. That's his name, but Booker T and the MGs backing almost like seven different. Uh, singers so you could almost hear like seven different versions of booker t and the mgs yeah which is like such a cool thought yeah. i mean for my you know what i mean like yeah. that's where it's at what for was me. the studio that uh brian um brian wilson brian wilson used what was that studio i don't know the name of that studio in particular but um it was I, california though right yeah because um, i think mamas and the papas also recorded with that same band oh the wrecking crew the wrecking crew oh, was it was the, the, yeah okay so okay, the, okay. it's not really the um in LA, the LA scene had more had like all the studios, so you have uh, an abundance of studios. So yeah. not everyone like in Muscle Shoals, you all the musicians were flocking to that one studio. So you got to think about it like that, right? Yeah. And when you got LA, that's where the industry is. That's where all the studios are. So you have a group of musicians who uh, plays at different studios. You know what I mean? But it's yeah, but it's like the same musicians just playing at different studios for the most part. Um, the Wrecking Crew was like the highly sought after guys, and they really played on like Moms and the Papas, Beach Boys. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, that really was like Glenn Campbell, Carol Kay, Hal Blaney. Um, I mean, there's others that I really, that I don't, I'm not super sure on like the yeah. guitar players, but th- there's a great core of musicians who really play on, they say, yeah, shout out Glenn Campbell. Yeah. Um, that really play on almost like a, an amazing monkey stuff. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Um, you know. I feel like there isn't that anymore, though. No, that that scene has definitely changed because I everything's more independent. But you got to think about it, man. Like this too. How many records is Pino Palladino playing on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How yeah, many yeah. How many records is Steve Jordan playing drums on? Yeah. 
Uh, How many records is, are like the Heartbreakers, like just members of the Heartbreakers too, right? Dude, Ben they... Montench is on like a Jillian. He was on that new Dylan record, yeah. I think. So or even like Campbell. Questlove. Questlove's on like a lot of stuff yeah, too, right? Questlove he, uh, does tons of uh, stuff. Like session stuff. Um, yeah. Dude, I mean, it's like, it's different now. It's it's more like, I'd say like the kind of the Soul Quarians thing was kind of like a revival of that in the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, you but it's know, maybe, with Erica Badu and it's um, maybe less. It maybe it's less the the studio band as the ensemble and more just like single musicians who just have a tendency of using of, the same group of musicians. Like yeah. uh, I mean, you got to think about it too. Like uh, I mean, I guess everyone kind of does this. The Stones did it too for a long time because they would have just their orbit of musicians that would hang around, right? You'd have Nicky Hopkins piano you had billy preston on the piano you'd have ron wood augmented before he was a member of the band uh, was a sax player uh bobby keys bobby would hang keys, around yeah. that's what i'm saying so you have like these members who aren't really members and then i mean it's all kind of like just a musical movement it's yep. the same thing like new orleans had its own sound you had alan Toussaint uh serving a songwriter and producer you had uh mac rebenak uh dr john doing yep. the same kind of business, uh, working together on a lot of things, and then they would use a backing band called The Meters on most of their work. So. Also, real quick, complete sidebar, just pulling this conversation off the rails real quick. Right. If you were to check out uh, the uh, Feel Feelings podcast this week, yes. uh, it was uh, the... the um, the playlist topic and the podcast topic was curious. Yes. So George messaged me. Shout out to George. Fight for your friends and uh, feel feelings podcast. Uh, and he's like, I really need you on this one, man, for a good suggestion. I was like, hmm, I'll, you know, I'll think about it. And then I was like, well, Dr. John does a really good version of the Curious George theme song. And he's like, you go fuck yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you should start. He said, what did he say? He said, uh, start trying to wear hats again or something like that. So I sent him a gif of Curious George with like the man in the yellow hats. Hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. You said Dr. John, it made me think of that. Because Dr. John has, like, he actually did a pretty, you know, he, uh, it's it's a good theme song considering it's Dr. John doing it. Oh, right. You know, uh, anyway, that's uh, But yeah, topic. so, like, another, I mean, I guess we're kind of, this episode is kind of forming into, like, a, I mean, we're kind of talking about just, like, groups of musicians who yeah. made some classic sounds. And, uh, you know, like, New Orleans, I guess, you really have, like, Alan Toussaint and Dr. John and the Meters. Um I've chatted out a record on this podcast before uh, by Betty Harris, um, who was like Alan Toussaint's um, female kind of thing, uh, like production, uh, you know, kind of like a Ronnie Spector uh, without the abuse um, <laughs> kind of deal where, you know, like make her a star and like pr uh, produce a lot of great tracks. Um, and I mean, even too like i listened to, actually yesterday man i listened to alan toussaint's southern nights album what a great classic record that is yeah um and i mean glenn campbell again covered that song too and i mean but just to listen to alan toussaint and all the music he made and all the ba bands he produced and that new orleans sound that's him all day long and not even a lot of people even know his name you know what i mean yeah. everyone knows dr john but the man behind it kind of that sound was you know toussaint and uh, another record to shout out if you want to check out more of the New Orleans sound, um, Jesse Hill. His song is uh, Ooh Papa M uh, Oh. I don't remember how it is, but uh, what the actual title is. But um, mm -hmm. he recorded an early New Orleans classic. Um, and then in the later 70s, he recorded an album, um, Jesse Hill. Check that record out. Mm. It's not on Spotify, but if you look it up on um, YouTube. Yep, it's on there. Yep. And that is another, it fits with that sound so well. It's uh, an obscure record. Um, I don't have the name of it off the top of my head, but um, I'll grab it for next episode and I'll shout it out maybe at the beginning or the end. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, man, just all those sounds really, I mean, they created, um, I think what 
what we're really the further thing I'm kind of I always think about is the uh, the lack of other people and the closed offness of it made great sounds. You know what I mean? Dif- yeah. Different sounds. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I definitely think that uh, something I actually uh, wanted to talk about with you, though, that I just remembered. Uh, I know we already kind of talked about Van Halen, but uh, you shared an interesting fact with me that um, Eddie Van Halen, you know, the whole idea is is like, OK, the finger tapping technique that's right. on, on the guitar. Right. Like if you ask Eddie Van Halen, obviously he was the one who invented it. If you ask Ace Freely, he had been doing it for years. Uh, but Eddie Van Halen actually gave a very specific uh, example, right, as to where he actually kind of got, uh, like, maybe not invented the idea of tapping, but kind of was like, oh, I can where do that, and, and but just do it kind of in my own way. I think it was Larry Taylor. From, yeah, from uh, Can Heat. Can Heat. And yeah. I believe, actually, in the Woodstock, li- I think it's Woodstock Boogie, he plays, or maybe it's not the Woodstock Boogie, I actually think it's uh, Going Up the Country. Yeah. He does a ta- I think a tapping solo at Woodstock. It's very uh like a, a proto tapping solo, yeah. but I think it's on there. Um I almost remember it and if not I definitely have heard him do it on Live at the Trouble Corral or yep. uh that record. I definitely heard him do it. Yeah. But um now that when I heard Eddie Van Halen I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I have heard that." Yeah. Um and I guess he had heard, you know, it was like a f- but that's who he had like had contact with him and that's where kind of that vibe that um at least that style had yeah thrown to him i thought that was so interesting yeah it's interesting because because i was reading up on van halen real quick too uh and the band i think the actual band itself formed early 70s yes like 72 or something that even though we don't get the first album until 78 you ever hear the gene simmons demos no, I haven't heard of the Gene Simmons. Did you, did you did you look who was the first person thanked on the on the uh, back of the first album? Was it Gene Simmons? Gene Simmons. He no was way. trying to get Casablanca to sign that band so hard, but Casablanca was like always on the edge of bankruptcy and this and that, yeah. and you know Parliament Funkadelic was costing them an arm and a leg to release every <laughs> solo member's album yeah. and all the Kiss solo. Think about it, man. Think about the time of Casablanca Records. 77, yeah. four Kiss solo albums, the Kiss album, whatever that was at the time. I think Rock and Roll Over or, yeah, or Destroyer. Either way. So, like, the late 70s, you have all these, and then Parliament Funkadelic, all the bands on Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. So, all to Casablanca. They're trying to do other bands, too. All release all these albums. And Gene Simmons was trying to be, like, to, uh, I think Neil Bogart is a, was head of Casablanca, was trying to be, like, Sign this band, sign this band. And he's just like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Warner Brothers sneaks in, bam. Gets I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, look it, right? It's Warner Brothers? I, I believe that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No shit. Yep, so pretty interesting. And the demos yeah. that Gene Simmons put out are killer. I've heard them before, so check them out if you're a Van Halen. Even if you're a casual Van Halen fan, I think they're they're dope to hear. Just to hear how nasty they were before they were even like, right. nobody even knew them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and shout out for G- to Gene Simmons. The, uh, Gene Simmons this is probably like the only time Gene Simmons ever looked out for anybody else like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. And I heard, I heard him. They asked him to comment, and uh, they play. They, pl- you know, how Rolling Stone will ask. Yeah, all these people. They asked Gene Simmons, and I heard the audio. If you listen to the Rolling Stone Now podcast, which I highly recommend, it's pretty good every week. And they talk about a large variety of music, uh, and it helps me understand pop music in the current form, even though I don't listen to it. Uh, so it helps me get context. But anyway. Yeah. Besides all that, they uh, played the Gene Simmons clip instead of like reading at reading the uh, you know little article or whatever, and uh, Gene Simmons was like teary eyed, almost crying. 
No way. Right. And I was no like, way. wow. Very yeah. somber. Very. And I was like, wow. He, you know, Eddie Van Halen really must have meant something to him because yeah. like, Gene Simmons is an asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so, you know what I mean? Just to also, show, show humanity is, 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 is just really shows the, the power of, of, of music. I think. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, two great stories, Eddie Van Halen stories. I know we like talked about him for a minute, acted like we wrapped it up, talked about a bunch about stacks and everything. This and is then getting the garage. Back. We're not consistent. Yeah, we don't care. We don't care yeah, if you're keep... still if you're still there. We don't. We don't even care. <laughs> we don't even care. I mean, we care, but like, but we don't because we're punk rock. Yeah, this is we're just <laughs> we're talking about music. Yeah. All right. So first story. Uh, my cousin told me this story. I guess he had heard it on some sort of a radio show that was, you know, in memoriam of Eddie Van Halen and so on. And uh, I guess there was one night where Eddie Van Halen was like trying to, or he wasn't trying to, he was like hooking up with this, with this girl. And um, and I guess they were like lying on the floor, or whatever, you know, getting intimate and so on. And uh, the boyfriend of this girl ends up coming home. And, or the ex-boyfriend or something, and, you know, obviously walks into this house finding his his ex-girlfriend on the floor with Eddie Van Halen, of all people. Can I finish the story even though I haven't heard it? Yeah. The guy was so excited that Eddie Van Halen was in his house? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Quite, quite the contrary. Was very upset that Eddie Van Halen was in the house. Chased Eddie Van Halen into a bathroom, and then Eddie Van Halen, the only thing he had to say... While he was in the bathroom was, listen, man, if you're going to kill me, just make sure I'm buried with my guitar. If you're going to kill me, make sure you bury me with my guitar. And, uh, uh, you know, she, uh, um, the, the ex-girlfriend uh, apparently was able to kind of like obviously calm things down. Ex-boyfriend leaves. She goes to the bathroom, opens the door. He's gone. There's like this tiny little window like up in the uh, like, you know, uh, in the corner of the bathroom or whatever. He like squeezed himself out naked and just like ran out. <laughs> and just like you know anyway story number one um it was pretty great yeah there was a second story but i'm trying to fucking remember what it was now because i got sidetracked with that first one gone with the wind oh no so okay um so the black guitar that he plays on van halen 2 the right black, the black and yellow the black and yellow one oh, right I, the I iconic one is the red and the white one but the black and yellow one yeah frankenstein uh the the, the original yeah right um, but the second one, after uh, Pantera guitar player Dimebag Daryl passed away, uh, Eddie Van Halen actually took that guitar and put it in the casket with Dimebag Daryl, the is, actual one. Which is so, so amazing. It's amazing just because if you think about it. Didn't he used to play uh, Eddie Van – didn't he, like, have his signature look like Eddie Van Halen's? Didn't he have one made or something? Oh, yeah. I think he – yeah, he, I think he had one that was that was very similarly, like, like striped or whatever. Like, like his, his signature, but uh, – yeah. But I in mean, the DML, yeah. Body also, shape. you know, Dimebag, what a great signature! If you're into metal, oh yeah, that's the metal. To me, that's like the best metal guitar. I love that's the best metal guitar because it's an explorer. Zach Wilde is a, my favorite. Yeah, you like the bullseye? Yeah, the bull. He has his bullseye on it. Mm. Amazing, amazing. But yeah, so um, but like also, hearing... I hate Zach Wilde, but shout out to still playing Les Paul. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, keep yeah. it real. All let's right. Anyway. Um, but, but so now hearing the story about the fact that like when, when he thought he was going to be killed, you know, he said, just bury me with my guitar. In other words, his guitar means so much to him. And then for him to actually take one of those guitars, one of the two most important guitars he probably ever owned, to take one of them and bury with time back Daryl. I think that's, that speaks volumes, not only, uh, as on Van Halen himself, but just on, just what he saw, how he how he viewed uh, Dimebag Daryl as like one of his peers. Yeah, man. because let's not you know let's let's, you know. let's call it what it is, man. Like pretty much, a Pantera was that first like crunchy that that the their kind of metal 
was the next move for rock guitar. I think it so. Was the next and it, I think it was move. done really well, and it had very it had Cowboys like Southern. from Hell is probably one of the most yeah. influential records. But this the is Southern the thing, metal. though: is that what makes Pantera unique as a metal band is they can swing. Right. They're a metal band that can swing. Well, so can Van Halen, man. Well, and so can Van Halen. But the thing was, was Eddie Van Halen was doing such incredible stuff, like with his whammy bar, like the crazy harmonics and the dive bombs and all that stuff. And you listen to Dimebag Dale, and you're like, oh, yeah, no shit. That makes total sense now. Right. Because Dimebag would always incorporate, like, some kind of, like, that same sort of, like, extra flashy kind of, like, tone-bending crazy you know but he had blistering speed and he had he he had like everything that van halen had but just with a little bit more uh crown royal and, and maybe cocaine marijuana <laughs> marijuana you know but yeah dude I actually mean, what if we're talking who did more cocaine it's definitely eddie van halen you think so oh my god yeah oh the more than dime bag Yes. Yeah, probably. Dimebag Dale is literally named after a, a way that you sell marijuana, <laughs> like in a dime bag. Yeah. I mean, I get that. But, but yeah, also, yeah, Eddie Van Halen. Come on, it was the 80s, man. You know, she was crazy. That dance guy. the night away. Oh, my God. Just all fucking just doing rails. Oh, my God. Doing rails in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Oh. But, uh. Just go ahead and jump. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> go ahead and jump. Jeez. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, Michael. Yeah. What do you? What have you been listening uh, to? Like, well, like, like I said, I, I went down the... I, I, I did a little bit of... Uh, I did a little bit of Ten Lizzie, and I listened to... Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to forgive you for saying it like that. Why? Oh, my God. It's not... No. I love, I love the Irish people, man. Oh, my God. I like Rory Gallagher. Uh... <laughs> no, but for real though, yeah. You, live, you like you like Irish music? I, lo- I dude, I love Irish music. Did Jade never? Did, 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 did I never tell you about like my real heavy Michael Flatley phase where oh, I wanted to learn how one? to like Irish step dance? In the name of love. No, 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 not you two fan. No. Oh, what, you have oh, abandoned no. the Irish people. Let me let me just, okay. <laughs> listen, Ireland. Listen, I love every musical contribution contribution you've made. I love your folk music. I love your Irish step dance. I loved your culture so much. But you two, I don't like you two. I'm sorry. Yeah, leave them in Joshua Tree. Oh my God, I'm with you. Just cut it down. Just cut down the tree. <laughs> just finish it. No, no, no disrespect to you two, but they're just not my cup of tea. I'm sorry. You know, I remember one time I was having like a good dialogue with this dude that worked at Fye. And I was like, yeah, man, we're talking about music. And I'm like, this is cool. Like, this is a this is an FYE employee who's, like, really into music, you know? So we talk about different things. And I just want to let know, you whatever. know a lot of music people are into YouTube. Yeah, well, no. This guy was so into YouTube. He's like, yeah, we followed YouTube. And immediately once he told me he followed YouTube, I was just like, I will no longer ever have any interest in hearing your musical opinion. And I just, like, walked out. And it's not a crack. Listen, if you're a listener and you like YouTube, right on. I like stuff that you probably would not like. I like stuff that I know that Luke wouldn't like. And Luke's into some pretty far out shit. But I'm just not into you too. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, Thin Lizzy, Live and Dangerous. Oh, what a great record. Amazing. Jailbreak, Emerald, Southbound. I mean, like, dude. Cowboy songs on, on the there, moon, right? Like, cowboy songs on here. Yeah, the boys are back in town. Um, Sha La La. I like that tune. For me. I mean, it's, you for know. For me, Fighting by Thin Lizzy. Uh, obviously, yep. the Jailbreak record. And yep, then, yep. Live, was that Live and Dangerous is the name of the live record? Yeah, 1978. Yeah, all those three records, those are my, those are my classic Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Um, I love, 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 love that live record. Which is why I think it makes, what's his name, Phil? Phil Linet. Phil Linet. It makes his solo career just look so weird because, like, you listen to his solo stuff, and I'm just like, oh, man. Yeah, it's kind of like T-Rex in the late 70s, kind of the same deal. I just wasn't into it. I don't know. I but I, I love those records. The, t- the twin guitar leads on there are so great, uh, so influential. Yeah. I, I will say, though, I really enjoyed I found another live album because, like, I... 
again, it's difficult for me to listen to actual records. I do, you know, I do, dr- I drive every day and all that stuff, so it's easier for me to just throw it up on my streaming services and whatnot. I found another album though. It's the UK Tour '75, yeah. which I think this is a really, really cool record because like it's not none of the songs that are on here are like the big. The, none of them are like the big Thin Lizzy songs. So you get some like album cuts so on there. So you get some interesting stuff. And like Cowboy Song's on here, but it's refer- it says Cowboy Song in parentheses Derby Blues. So at the time, it was, prob- it was probably just known as Derby Blues ra- before it became Cowboy yeah, Song. Yeah, like some earlier lyrics. Yeah, like The Rocker, a song called Suicide on here, Still in Love with You, For Those uh, Who Love to Live, Wild One, It's Only Memory Fighting My Way Back. So these are these are cuts that like as, as being like a... Also, uh, initially entry level Thin Lizzy listener, I didn't know. I don't like recognize any of these songs. You also, know what I mean? let's like, talk I know the to hits, uh, if you are if you're looking for a record, I always find that um, say you want to listen to some cool guitar music that uh, you know your lady might not be into. Yeah. I always find that they like Thin Lizzy. I don't know why. Well, because it's because the thing is, is that Thin Lizzy, I thought was like they, I, I feel like it's especially good, the Jailbreak album. Yeah, I mean, there's a, good a lot of to, good, there's good si- quote unquote singles. Yeah, like okay, got, like. Uh, People in relationships. Right, if you're tired of listening to Bon Jovi all the time, your girl likes that kind of stuff, put on the Thin Lizzy Jailbreak record. Yeah. It's like a slippery one wet, but way better. Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, I just, it has like I all love... those anthem songs. It's got like good love songs, like Romeo and Juliet on there, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like even like the cowboy song on there, obviously, I think. I, was just I think it's. Right. It's way better than. It's way better than. I want it. On a steel horse. It's yeah, way better yeah, than that. Yeah, way better. Yeah, yeah. That's no, what I'm no saying. Question. So no it's question. So it's kind of got like the same kind of themes. Respect to Bon Jovi. Yeah, some of the same like kind of <laughs> themes on that record. So like if you're, it's, you know, you're, if or if you your friend is into that Bon Jovi record and they've never listened to Thin Lizzy, throw that their way because I yeah. think that's like a great record that somewhat like get, gets characteristics of a really popular record. I mean, that is a really popular you record. Can just, but... You can sing all the choruses with them. You know, that's what makes yeah, them. What, it's, everything is so nice and singable. What I'm trying to say is uh, Thin Lizzy is not up to like par status in America as I, I think what they should be. It's like kind of the Deep Purple thing where you only hear Smoke in the Water. You don't know anything else. Yeah. You hear Jailbreak and uh, Boys Are Back in Town. Boys and Back in Town. And that's yeah. it. But they have so much more to offer, man. Yeah. So many Even more. the album Emerald is, is awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love you know? most of their seven. Yeah, most of their releases are yeah. classics. Um, I also took a hard left left hand turn and listen to some system of a down oh wow uh so like i listened to um not to get like like political i guess or whatever but like okay so serge tankian the lead singer like he his family is from uh armenia yep and there's a lot of like kind of bad stuff that's happening to armenia right now like that involves like other governments that are other countries that are nearby and so on so um i just i i listened to a couple of like podcasts just just him speaking just kind of on social issues and stuff like that also a little bit about music and like his personal history but you know he obviously there's an emphasis on the social political issues and stuff so um i was just like fuck yeah man search Tonkin's like that dude's he's awesome you know so i was like fuck it i'll listen to some system of a down i went later i didn't go early system i went later system like uh mesmerize and hypnotize uh those two albums they're kind of like two sister i mean albums. i don't think any i don't think it's a bad system of a down record either I've never heard a System of a Down album album that I thought, oh, this is shit. Yeah, they're never. all, I love never. them. Never, they're all crazy and wild in their own beautiful way. I would say that these two albums, I mean, Toxicity had a couple songs on it that are like, okay, single-ish. 
uh, hypnotized, memorized, probably maybe like a little bit more, but they still have kind of that crazy system of a down thing. I can't even like super say ex- super accessible. Yeah, I think my so. Mom, Especially these my two albums. My mom liked those albums. Well, yeah, my and for me, it's, they're records. they're kind of nostalgic in a way too because like. Uh, they they came out in 2005 and that was like I mean if you think about it like I'm you know 2005 I'm in high school kind of in the after wave aftershock of like 9-11 like let's you know for me and those this was the... like kind of like a politically conscious album like that oh my god I was kind of like oh shit they're, these, they're like talking about like real stuff and then it made you go back and listen to like stuff like Prison Song mm-hmm. um, what's that album called Ho- Hollywood something like that it's got the Hollywood sign on it I don't know what the name of the record is Tox- I'm so that's sorry. Toxicity is it no 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 yeah, I think it's toxicity, but it's oh yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's like the no, Hollywood. Right. It looks you're like right. Hollywood, but it, instead of saying Hollywood, it says yes. toxicity. Yeah, 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 yeah. That record. I mean, it yeah. made me go back and listen to it. Steal. What's the other one? Steal this record. Yeah, right? steal this album. I mean, steal this album. Steal this record. Um, it, those rec- It made me go back and listen to those. I love them all. Yeah. They're so good. I mean, it, like even Prison Song, it gives you the statistics of like the the prison industrial complex in in a, yeah, in, in yeah, a song right. that you can like sing along to. I mean, yeah. Like, you know. And it's just like yeah, yeah. They're trying to build a prison. You know, you're yeah. like, yes, <laughs> you know, like it's just it jazzes you up so much, man. So I don't know. I um, great throw know, out. Great throw out. Yeah, man. Like BYOB. That was even the song BYOB. Like, again, 2005 uh, high school, Mike, you know, I'm yeah, into I this mean, music. I learned Iraq. Like we really. Right. Well, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But even as a musician, like listening to BYOB, I remember I learned how to play BYOB. And I was just like, fuck, yes. Like I I learned like a cool system of a down song, you know. Yeah. And I remember when we got this album. Myself and the girl that I was dating at the time, we didn't have our license, but a, a mutual friend of ours did. And I remember just like driving around listening to this album on repeat. Over and it, over. Just over and over. Because it's just like, you're just like, holy shit, it's just so good, you know? So, you know, I mean, Mesmerize was the first one followed by Hypnotize. I personally like Mesmerize more, probably only because I listened to it way more than I listened to Hypnotize. But, you know, don't get it twisted. I had both of them. And when you bought the CD, the sleeves like oh, they they went together. They went together they to make one big, yeah, like double looking yeah, album it was thing. Great. But that's what I. But but what I'm saying is like that's like that's the type of stuff that I love about like physically buying records, right? When they like, like artists do like fun, cool sleeves and shit, and like okay, maybe with CDs it wasn't as often, but like. You know, to CD's credit anyway, it's still like having a physical copy of the song and like having the, in a way, having a gatefold. Okay, it's not a record, but it's like a gatefold, you know, like, I don't know. I just, it was a cool thing to have, like, even back then, you know, I think I still have it at somewhere in my oh, basement. Yeah. I've seen it somewhere. Yeah, it's floating around in a shoebox somewhere. Um, it's, you, you know? were speaking of like cool packages, so I thought we'd like maybe just, uh, end it on uh, on this band here. Oh, uh, I got this a little... Yeah, well, this band's called The Nude Party. I was uh, really into their first release. It's the only political party Luke supports. Oh, my God. The Nude Party, baby. Don't you know it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I really was into their first release. Um, actually, this is very funny because it all, you know, life seems to go in circles. But uh, those releases, when I bought, when I went to Salem and bought those uh, releases I was talking about earlier, yep. uh, Ollie and the Nightingales, all that stuff, um, I listened to that Nude Party uh on the way up there, I remember I saw a band, Twin Peaks. I think they toured with them. They threw something up, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I should probably listen to that record. It sounds yep. cool. Um, I was really into it. had a great kind of like country rock, indie feel, psychedelic. Throw that in there, I guess. Um, but um, the songs in the first record um, were like kind of more garage rocky, um, kind of had more of like a simplistic kind of like a fun, like, you know, like they have a song Chevrolet Van on there yep. uh, about like someone that said like, you're never going to make enough money playing music, you know. 
uh, you're gonna live in the Chevy van, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like I really enjoyed the first record, but this I didn't know this was out. I uh, saw someone post it, and I was like, oh my god! I didn't even know they released a new album, so I bought it instantly. Uh, came in like a week ago, and I pretty much listened to it like every day. Uh, like once a day um, for a week. It's called Midnight Manor by the Nude Party, and it came with this great book, man. Look at this lyric book it came with. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Right? Great packaging. What a it great. Looks like an old fanzine, kind of. Right, and it has all the lyrics. On it. So, like, I listened to this record, you know, for like when I, I listened to it the first time, just kind of listened to it, got the feel of it. And then the second time, it was so cool to take out the book and read the lyrics. And they have great pictures. See that pedal steel oh, yeah, mic, right? Yeah. So, there's some cool pedal steel parts in this record. Um, there is, uh, like some great, I love the, like, um, the singles on this record. I really love, um, shine your light is one of them. It's got a really great Todd Rundgren feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and the, the lyrics are really cool. Cause like, uh, at first it sounds really optimistic. Like, Oh, I just met this girl. She's going to change my life. But then the chorus kicks in kind of like, uh, and it's like, well, nothing lasts forever. So like, you know, it's probably, this probably isn't going to last. And mm-hmm. then, you know what I mean? And then the second verse kind of takes more of like a oh this isn't going so well and then it kind of gets more doomy on from there but um it's such it has a great 70s todd rungeny feel on that single again that was called shine the light um the song that kicks off uh side a lonely heather another single is a great garage rock classic um i believe this album was produced by the drummer of um um uh the black lips there we go okay see right so um yep. it's got it's definitely has like that kind of stuff going on with it too but the lyrics on this are, are are really what struck me from their first release it's a lot more mature kind of stuff like they have a song called like Ju- uh judith on here and like i mean there was some fun stuff like thirsty drinking blues and uh pardon me satan where it was like you know i'm, I'm gonna sin like that kind of there's fun stuff on here but then there's more of like a serious serious tone of like the lyrics that kind of took over like from more of like a boy girl relationship kind of thing okay so um i really i thought this record was really cool really well structured and it was a great guitar record for me mm, um okay. i was really excited to hear a cool guitar record so sorry if I rambled about that a little bit, but yeah. And what year was this? This this year? Yeah, this year. This came out a couple weeks ago. Nice. So that's another one too. Uh, great modern guitar record that just came out has cool guitar parts on it. Has a uh, pedal steel, um, that great country sound that you hear yep. on a lot of old uh, country western records. Um, also, there's great pedal steel on uh, Graham Parsons. If you uh, have ever listened to that, Sneaky Pete is the pedal steel player for uh, Graham Parsons. He's probably one of the best that ever lived. But um. Yeah, this record was just, it played for me so cool, man. In uh, the last song in here, Nashville Record Company, talking about, like, uh, you know, Nashville Sessions and, like, you know, the Nashville scene being so, like, closed off. And, hmm. you know what I mean? That kind of old school vibe of yeah. uh, uh, even, like, you know, kind of like, again, Grand Parsons, drug, uh, drugstore truck driving man, head of the Ku Klux Klan kind of thing. You know, okay. he won't play my records because we're not country enough. Like, uh, that, it kind of, it wasn't that exact vibe, but it had that kind of, um, you know, criticism of it. Because, you know, this band kind of, it does have a pedal steel player. They yeah. wear cowboy boots, but they also rock like the Black Lips. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. really cool band. And uh, this record, I really shows them moving in a different direction and a different, even like stylistically, like the album cover is uh, um, Midnight Manor. So it kind of reminds me of... Uh, like roll like beggars banquet rolling stones kind okay. of thing right okay. right like it, yeah. it it was that vibe for me and i really enjoyed this record man and um i didn't expect it to be better than the first one and uh i think it is so i was really okay. pleasantly surprised nice 
Nice recommendation, man. I'll I'll have to check them out yeah, too. Yeah, Modern Guitar Records. I mean, I, the my real is Shine Your Light for me. That single, yeah. if you want to get the vibe of this record in one song, I, it's that song. Um, it's got great structures, great parts. Um, I mean, I I was just I, again I say it all the time, but uh, if I hear a guitar record that was made this year and it blows my mind like that one did, I you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. uh, all is not all hope is not lost. Yeah, there's still hope. Uh, anyway, how do you feel, man? You feel all right? Yeah, I feel good. Good, good, good. All right, yeah. Uh, just a reminder to everybody, uh, you know, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, Get in the garage. Yeah. Find us on Instagram. We have a Facebook that we never update. <laughs> we have <laughs> yeah, we're on Instagram. Get us on Instagram. Mostly on Instagram, uh, yeah. G-I-T-G. That, Pod- that is podcast. Yeah, podcast um, yeah. So check that out. Uh, Mike, I don't know what your Instagram name is. Mine uh, is it's the long E underscore M underscore T underscore Terrible one. names. Mine I is I'm Julius these days. underscore records. Julius underscore records on Instagram. Check myself out. Yeah. Check myself out. Check, check myself out. out. I'm checking you out. Wow. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so that's where we are. Support yeah. your local record stores. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, tell us what you've been listening to and uh Yeah, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, get in the garage. Ain't talking about love. <laughs>Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe to the Get in the Garage podcast, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and a bunch more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or email us directly at getinthegaragepodcast at gmail.com for any questions or topics you might like to hear us cover. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Get in the garage.